you ha- you get exposure to to things that you would never be able to in any other school or if you, you don't attend any day. So this is the, the, the thing that I think only Imperial can offer you. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it's the best, I'd say, experience that I have ever had in my life. And uh, I will do that over and over and over again. And I would recommend that strongly to anyone. Welcome to the MBA Jam Podcast with your host, Avinash Bajaj. Hi, folks. Welcome to another episode of the MBA Jam. Avinash over here. Today's guest is possibly one of the friendliest people I know. He just looks so happy all the time. <laughs> Today, we're talking to Andre Akira Kasivera. Am I pronouncing that right, Andre? That's correct. <laughs> okay. That's, that's <laughs> <laughs> Great. I first met Andre when I uh, you know, went to pick up my wife from college while she was doing her MBA. Andre has finished his MBA from Imperial College in London last year. Andre and my wife are obviously classmates. Previous to his MBA, Andre has done a variety of roles, um, you know, ranging from consulting to project management to sales to leadership um, in a director position. Andre is originally from Brazil. He's also done an executive program from Stanford University. And he's also been a student recruitment ambassador at Imperial College. So later on the show, we'll try and explore more about his view and insights on where do MBA students generally end up going after the MBAs. But what got me really interested in in inviting Andre to the show was his latest venture in the entrepreneurship space through a company he started with his classmate. The name of the venture is FitCat. Now, on the Angel List page, FitCat is described as, we're saving the world from unfit kitties. (laughs) We believe healthy cats are happy cats, and that makes for happy owners too. So as we go along, we'll explore a little bit about that as well. Andre, welcome to the show, my friend. Oh, thank you so much for, for hosting me here. I'm really happy to be with you today and I uh, hope to be able to, to answer all the questions. Great. Andre, besides, I mean, I kept it really brief in my introduction. Can you give a little more, uh, you know, gist of your experience in your career path, how it's progressed and your own words? Amazing. So I started my career with 18 years old, in fact, in Cisco, at Cisco Systems. Wow. So wow. basically, so basically joining through uh, a networking program that they had in my country. So they selected in this program to, to be able to be the intern. So I started in telecom. Uh, a year and a half later, I decided to move to more of a software development industry. So to learn a little, a little bit of what at that time was, I'll say, the cool industry, you know. So starting the internet stuff and uh, developing web pages and everything. So I decided to join IBM. Uh, it was really interesting because it gave me exposure to, I would say, big customers, big brands, learn how to deal with customers, and at the same time also uh, do some sort of uh, system development. Uh, after two years and a half, I moved to Accenture to take care of uh, more of a consulting really role and uh, closer to the insurance industry. So working with regulatories, uh, with government, and everything to, to help our customers uh, to 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 okay, be better served. So I've stayed at Accenture for a really long, in fact, so almost six years. Mm-hmm. And then I decided to that it was time to 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 do further studies. So uh, it's it's pretty usual in Brazil. So you do you you, you attend university, you're undergrad, and at the same time you work. 
So usually I was working from 9 to 6 and uh, doing university from 7 p.m. to 11, 11.30 p.m. every day. Uh, yeah, interesting. <laughs> and uh, later I decided to, to do some further studies in the U.S. And uh, Stanford is pretty well known for product development, for project management, and also like every, every sort of tech stuff. So I decided to do my, my let's say advanced studies at Stanford, uh, one year going and coming back to Brazil. Amazing experience. I loved the university. Uh, when I got back, I got an offer to, to open a line of business for a software company called Sengar, uh, which is a, like a, I would say the biggest fintech right now in the world. Mm -hmm. uh, to open uh, their insurance business in, in Latin America. So it was pretty amazing like to have the opportunity to open Sangart's office in Brazil, Mexico, Colombia. So, and especially being at such young age to, age to have such, I would say, big responsibility was pretty cool. Uh, I did quite the same later, I think one year and a half later for MySys, which is Sangart's uh, company. And then... Sorry, we uh, lost you there a little bit, Andre. So what, what did you do at Mises and how did that come about? Uh, so Mises uh, was, in a sense, a similar role to Sungard's, uh, but uh, with a broader scope. So I was taking care of, uh, I'll say, what we call buy side in financial services. So everything that is related to asset management, hedge funds, insurance companies, and pension funds uh, to, to run their business in Latin America. So pretty interesting opportunity for me. Uh, and then it was time to think and uh, expand my knowledge, especially on a general management perspective. So that's why I decided to attend an MBA. Uh, and then I'll say choices, of course. So one of the preconditions to be in a main city, like, you know, center of the universe, mm -hmm. London. Ah, perfect place. Also, uh, be one of the top universities, for sure. And uh, one of the focus as well, like entrepreneurship. So the, the three things, I would say, the only place I could find it, Imperial, of course. So that's why also I decided to attend my, my BH Imperial. And that's where I am. Great, great. So, so... You know why? Why did you not consider going back to Stanford for your MBA? Because you you already had um, you know some kind of history with the university. It, wouldn't it have been easier, especially considering your criteria was entrepreneurship and you had some experience in software development and tech? That's a good question. In fact, so uh, thinking out in long term my career, so I, I I have already had exposure to American way of doing business. Mm -hmm. which is one way and uh, thinking long term out for me was clear that I needed some sort of a, a European exposure to uh, on how to do business you know I so see. Cult culturally speaking it's really different the network that I needed I read had at Stanford and uh, I think it would be great for my career also to have access to European network and uh as you may know, of course, Imperial is the best place to be for to have access to, to this sort of network. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So how how did your real experience at Imperial compare to, you know, your expectations out of it? <laughs> um, 
sincerely better than I was expecting. So the school, they were really ready to have us on board. Also, uh, they gave us access to, to, to the broader university. So to be able to interact with you know, students with brilliant ideas. One, for example, one lady having the idea of uh, a cooler system for vaccines that could save you know, millions of children. Uh, so for me, I would say the experience itself was pretty amazing. And uh, on top of that, also the, the, my colleagues or so all my classmates, uh, each one of them coming from different countries, different background, different, even different expectations from the program. And uh, having the chance to interact with them, you know, it, it was, I would say, one of the best experiences in my life. So including, I say, people coming from India, like Vash, like you. <laughs> <laughs> and at the same time, people coming from US, people coming from Asia, and uh, all of them, you know, blended all, all really well all together. And, uh, this is what India is all, is all about. Yeah, yeah. No, really, really fair point. How... How how have things been since you finished your MBA? Uh, so after I graduated from Imperial, so last year, uh, I, I joined a small consulting firm, in fact, called Alchemy, to help them with a, a, a government project, basically. Uh, it was a fixed-term contract, so for six months to help them to, to I would say, scale up the business. And uh, later, I decided to join Amazon. So they they, they have an MBA program uh, targeting some specific schools, so the top programs in Europe. Uh, Amazon is expanding a lot, so it was a really good opportunity for me also to apply and join the company. So after a really, really long process, uh, I joined Amazon in January this year. So as an MBA Pathways Operations Manager, uh, basically taking care of their warehouses here in, in the UK. I see, I see. Yeah, I think uh, we, we were talking briefly before, um, you know, before recording, but I think it'd be interesting to hear again. So what what does a Pathways Operations Manager at Amazon do? I get so the, the program is a, a fast-track leadership program within Amazon. So it's a two-year program, basically. Uh, the idea is for you to learn for so as MBA, so they are looking for analytical skills, uh, management skills coming from from MBAs, uh, and uh, the idea is for you to to help them and uh, manage the daily routine of a warehouse within Amazon. So using I'll say top notch technologies that Amazon is developing, also to to ensure that we are delivering the best experience we can to all of us. Uh, so basically, you start taking care of an, one area within the, the fulfillment center from Amazon, and uh, you move within the program to operations. So basically, you take care of a whole shift, so the whole operations from Amazon. And then when you graduate, you graduate already as a part of the senior management from Amazon, so as a senior operation target for, for the program. Right, 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 right. So, so this is mainly to do with the fulfillment centers, um, you know, within the Amazon business. Um, but uh, do you also get the opportunity to, you know, be on the consumer facing side? So, for example, on the Amazon's, I don't know, website or, 
you know some of the latest technologies Amazon is working on so for example the echo and all that stuff so is that also a part of what the role could include because it's a leadership program and because you move across the different sides of the business so specifically this program the the main exposure is to to everything that's related to operations so mm-hmm. for example uh robotics so the kivas that are amazon bought from a company i think two yeah. years ago is part of our business for example so how can we automatize better uh operations from amazon yeah that's so, really interesting that's that's yeah actually now that you mention is really interesting i i've seen some really cool videos uh, on on youtube where they show the amazon's operations um using these uh, robotics that that they had bought is it actually that cool what what actually happens <laughs> <laughs> good one so uh it, it, i would say it's, it's really the future so you can see basically the robots taking stuff storing stuff picking stuff so now we can have basically the most productive workforce together with uh, with our own associates helping to, to deliver to our customers. So to be part of that, I would say to be able to see that every day is something that is really really cool. So from from for the program itself, uh, it was also better than I was expecting, you know. So to be able to see that happening, see how we can deliver something. Uh, to our customers because I am myself Amazon's customer and I was fascinated with you know having a product product at home in one hour two hours and I you and now being in the other side you know making that happen I think this is what this program is all about yeah no absolutely no I'm I'm completely obsessed with <laughs> using <laughs> using Amazon as a consumer as well um in fact we have the Amazon Prime uh, and and you know because where my wife was in college we got a discount on the Amazon Prime that was the reason we started but since then it's it's you know sometimes we're so lazy we just shop even grocery on Amazon <laughs> please keep doing <laughs> No, absolutely. That that is really fascinating. That side of the, you know, the operations and and the supply chain. So so for you, it's 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 been quite um, a varied uh, experience, right? Because you were predominantly in, um, you know, finance and asset management and hedge funds, and now you've suddenly gone to operations and supply chain. Was that something that was conscious from your side of things, or or did you say, look, I'm I'm willing and I'm ready to explore something different than what I was doing and it just happened to be that you got into this. So how, what was your thought process? So when I started MBA, I had pretty much clear in my mind that I, uh, uh, I wanted to join after graduation to companies basically, eventually. So Google would be one. And the second one, Amazon. And now why wow. that? So uh these are the two biggest companies and they're driving innovation. Uh, so I, I would, I wanted to be part of that, you know, so I didn't know anything about operations and uh, I do know that uh, Amazon at that time, you know, was the, the, is the, the, the main one in, in this area. So the MBA helped me a lot on bridging the gaps that I had for, you know, moving eventually to Amazon. So learning about operations, learning how supply chain works, Trying to use all the analytical skills that I have learned within financial services, and uh, try to make that valuable for for Amazon. You know, so I think that was my main challenge during the MBA on on coming, as you said, from financial services background, 
and I'm making, I would say, my profile attractive to, to a company like Amazon or like eventually Google later as well. So that was, I think, the main thing. So what was a conscious process, but I didn't know, I would say, when I was starting the MBA, how hard and uh, how much I would need to be, you know, be, uh, to prepare myself to be able to, to get this role. Wow, you know, that that's really inspiring because um, I've, I've spoken to quite a lot of people, um, you know, have done the MBA in the past and very few of them can say that they got into the company they aspired to get into, you know, within six months of finishing their MBA. So what, what made it that... Um, easy for you did how hard did you have to work for it <laughs> <laughs> so it was let's say a long year uh with mba so uh the first thing that i did was try to identify the gaps that i had so for example lack of knowledge in operations was one of them for sure uh but also the the network that i needed to develop so i tried to work in a plan doing the mba so with help of so they were really, really helpful to to try to close those gaps during my my year, you know. So during my my studies, so every day like trying to, to work hard on meeting people and try to get in touch with recruiters from the company. Uh, try apply to as many times as I could for for a process within Amazon, so I could learn more about the process and everything. So I don't know if I mentioned to you before, but. In fact, uh, I, I applied once for, for Amazon uh, mm-hmm. I think a year and a half ago. In fact, I was still doing them. Uh, and uh, it was, in fact, for Czech Republic. And uh, I really wanted to stay here, so I said no. And uh, in December, so it was May last year, and in December, they called me back. So they told me, like, ah, really, we really like your profile, and now we do have a position in the UK. Do you want to, like, try again and uh, see how it goes? So, you know, why not? So that's the thing. Like, even if you reject something or even if you get a no, I think uh, building this relationship with the company helps you a lot when you when you have the right opportunity to get in there. Also, yeah. Resilience is also, and persistence is something really important. Absolutely. No, I, I, I think this is going to be the key takeaway for me. And, you know, if anyone out there is listening, if you have a company in mind you really want to get into, it's it's definitely possible. Um, I, I cannot talk to say about myself. I had a very, you know, <laughs> weird path of getting to where I am right now. But if anybody else wants to draw inspiration, Andres is the man. <laughs> and I think... Uh, that's the, the interesting thing about the MBA. I think each one of us, and I seriously, like, we have such nice stories to tell after graduation. You know, everything that you, you path, like everything that you, you learned during your journey, each one of us really. So thinking about where we were before the, the program and uh, where we are after the program is something really nice. I think yeah. each one of us, we have like lots of stories to tell, you know? Yeah, true. Very true. Now, Tell me a little bit more about FitCat. I'm very, very intrigued. <laughs> <laughs> so FitCat, uh, so the way we started with FitCat was during the MBA as well. So this is one of the coolest experiences we had uh, at Imperial. So basically, uh, Jared, my founder and myself, we are cat owners, cat lovers. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jared was 
developing a, a product, uh, literally physically developing a, a smart scale. So we can track the weight of our cats and also uh, how much exactly we are feeding them and everything. Because, for example, what happens a lot? So imagine that you are taking a look at a pet food like package, you know, and uh, usually the recommendation is if your cat or if your dog has from two to five kilos, you give 100 grams. Uh, if you think about it and uh, trying to convert that to human scale is quite a lot. It's the same as saying uh, if you are if your weight is for 40 kilos to 100 kilos, you give the same amount of food, uh, which is a lot. So that's what we are trying to tackle. So to to be able to better take to better take care of your own pet and uh, you know and that uh, of course use the latest technologies to to be able also to track your mobile phone see everything that's going connecting you to communities so that's the idea behind feedback so so you you mentioned a couple of times you said you are still doing it i mean your linkedin also says it's too present so are you still pursuing fitcad or are you doing amazon full-time are you doing both what's the situation with that so for now uh main focus uh i would say amazon because um this is the primary job uh, luckily, within this program from from Amazon, I'm able to work from Sunday to Wednesday. In my case, mm-hmm. so basically, I have three days off. So Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Uh, that allows me to be able to to deal with other projects that I have. So, for example, Fitcat is one of them. Uh, helping uh, a consulting firm from Colombia also to develop business here in the UK. So I do have. I'll say more time available because I work these four days uh, in my company to be able to 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 deal with other businesses. I see. Yeah. So the Amazon structure of you know not working the traditional Monday to Friday is that a kind of a negotiation you had with them, or that's just luckily that it came around for you in that manner? In that manner, it was quite lucky because the way we, the the way we work at Amazon is uh, ten hours. So rather than doing eight hours a day I from see. Friday, I work ten hours from from Sunday to Wednesday, uh, covering a part of the distribution for Amazon. So I do have, for example, up here that does exactly the same that I what I do from Wednesday to Saturday. So basically, we cover twenty four seven to our customers. I uh, see. I see. That's really that 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 is really interesting. Uh, I mean. You know, I've, I've expressed this a couple of times in the past. I, I don't know if I did it in the podcast episodes, but I really hate the concept of Monday to Friday, nine to five. I think it's so ancient. Um, and ironically, you're the one who's working in operations and it your work structure makes a lot more sense than me working in software where we are working like how manufacturing used to work years ago. <laughs> it it seems like, you know, something has really gone wrong in this in this mindset. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I, I, I do agree with you. Like having this, flexi- this flexibility, I would say, having these three days uh, off is, is something that is really helpful. So I, I, I didn't, know that before joining the company but uh, later it made lots of sense yeah it gives me proper time to think about projects to think about you know what i can do besides my 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 own work my own job, you know? yeah absolutely yeah. 
No, absolutely. I, 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 I really like it. And uh, I've never heard this before, probably because I don't know anybody else who's working in the Amazon operations. But this is really good because, you know, to be honest, for people like you and people like me also, we, we like doing side projects. We like doing things that, you know, that, that inspire and interest us. And just having, you know, the two days a week is definitely not enough because besides that, you know, we have a life as well. <laughs> exactly. So it gets, it, it's, everything comes in the way and then you have a family. Uh, I've, I've got a wife, you know, so this, this is really good to hear. No, exactly. It matches perfectly because I, as you know, during the weekends, we are pretty much family, you know, <laughs> we have our, yeah. our right. But uh, having Thursday and Friday, which is, you know, there are still working days. So it's good because you find everything open. So it's easier to do business, to meet people, to meet potentially customers. So I think my, the schedule works perfectly you know, for whoever is looking for having, I would say, side projects, as you mentioned. I would say this schedule is pretty much perfect, you know. Absolutely, absolutely. Perfect. So, so yeah, going back to FitCAD, sorry I interrupted you on, on that. So going back to FitCAD, what's, what are you guys um, thinking of? Are you, are you going to pursue this, um, you know, on the site for now? And then at some point of time, are you going to take it a little more uh, seriously? Because, you know, there, there were some good waves that the company was creating. I read, you know, a lot about you and there was some good, you know, tech, uh, London tech articles that were covered around, um, you know, you guys and the business. Is it something that you're planning to, you know, keep it um, running slowly and then ramp it up at some point of time? What, what are your thoughts? Nah, exactly. So that that would be the plan. So right now we are managing slower than, than we were before myself joining Amazon, for example. Uh, so we still meet, so we still have an agreement with like a distributor for us. We also have, I'd say, meeting slowly people. So it's, it's slowly investors and everything. But it definitely is not something that we we were allowed to die. So yeah. the the project is is really cool and important for for both both of us, like for myself and for Jay for Jared, that uh, we want to keep it going. He's focusing also on on his own consulting firm that he opened with one of our colleagues. Mm -hmm. uh, but at the same time, as a side project for both of us, we do have Pitcap. So we we see the opportunity, we see the 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 need in the market for for our products. So that's why we 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 will of course keep keep it going. Yeah, that's just one question which I think you might be in a good position to answer. You know, now that you have explored this concept of starting a startup like FitCat in this particular space in London, uh, and you have also you know have some exposure in Stanford. If FitCat was in the Silicon Valley. Um, how would you think the response would have been over there? What I'm trying to understand is that what is the appetite for, um, you know, such startups in the London space as opposed to what would be the appetite for such startups in the Silicon Valley space? Do you, do, have you given it some thought? Do you have any view on that? That's interesting question. That's a really good one because uh, my personal point of view right now. So in, in Silicon Valley, of course, we have the big buckets, so we have the big money. Mm -hmm. But uh, it is right now, say, biased by like the, the startup thinking. So only having a beautiful PPT 
might help you getting money rather than have having like real ideas, real products. Mm-hmm. By the other hand, London, they are trying to catch up to Silicon Valley. You know, uh, both US and the UK, they are the center of the road. So UK government, they are granting lots of money. Uh, UK, especially Imperial, they have strong relationship with Chinese government, with, which also grants mm-hmm. lots of money. So right now, I think thinking about the curve itself, uh, Silicon Valley is accelerating a bit, uh, and uh, you see London try to catch up. So they are really investing more money, and they are more open to take risks to to get startups going. So that's why you see like Mass Challenge working well. We see lots of startups coming up, but here in the UK. So I think the best place to be right now in the startup environment is still here. Yeah, that, that, that's really encouraging to hear, you know, because back in the days, that was a long time ago, I used to work in a startup and we were trying to get, um, you know, the Series A funding or even uh-huh. before that or pre-Series A, it was, the investment scene here was so lousy, <laughs> uh-huh. um, you know, because we, 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 the closest competitors to a startup at that point of time were based in the US and you know, almost every month we could hear news of funding or we could hear news of, you know, the market, um, the, the market expanding. We could hear news of the consumers, you know, really rapidly expanding in terms of the usage. Well, we were really struggling. So even that was a mobile app, um, you know, that we were trying to build. And even in your case, it, it is, I think, connected to all the technological, you know, wearables and devices. So it's really encouraging to hear that, you know, th- things have evolved um, since then um, because I'm, I'm still in that mindset where I feel UK needs to do a lot more to catch up to the kind of innovation, um, you know, and move away from the extreme conservative views on where mm-hmm. to invest. That's good. Nah, that's, that's uh, I'd say, of course, UK is, is in the learning curve and I would say it's still the beginning of the journey if compared with the US. But um, it's better to be in a place where they are growing rather than you have lots of, would say, supply and demand, you know. So yeah. also you have lots of suppliers. So lots of startups coming, lots of new ideas coming. And here we still have this space to try. And also, I'd say, they are more willing to take also this, this risk. So you see a uh, lot of good platforms coming, coming over. So Crowdcube, you see... Uh, all others, so I think it's 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 really good to be here in, in the UK right now. So yeah, yeah, I guess I guess I guess yeah, you're absolutely right because because the other risk of being in Silicon Valley is, which I've heard, is that you know the 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 founders are stuck in a kind of a bubble. That means the adoption takes off in Silicon Valley only because people are almost expecting and, and the kind of people who are there almost expecting it. But as soon as you try to expand outside to other places in the U.S., it tends to fall flat sometimes. Um, so it's it's in that way, I think U- U.K. gives you a little bit of diversity with the kind of people and, and uh, other places in Europe that allows you to, you know, have a much more stable start. <laughs> exactly. So that's why, like, for I think for, for, for both of us, UK is, is still the best place to be, for sure. 
Great, great, absolutely. You mentioned a little bit about you know the fact that how during the imperial you you actually uh, you know got the motivation. In fact, your co-founder for Fitcarrot also from the same cohort. So, how much did the um, imperial you know class and the imperial curriculum and and structure help you towards you know this kind of a thinking or thought process? I'd say so. The the curriculum in two big ways so the career services support so since the beginning to help you on thinking outside the box you know because i even doing the the, the mba so i i came with this idea of you know applying for google and, and amazon but uh to 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 find out that i also want to try entrepreneurship was during my journey you know so uh interacting with my colleagues and all of them trying new stuff and are you helping them to to do their stuff? You know, to try to open their own startups. And now, uh, when I when I saw it, I was you know trying to open my own startup. So and it was doing uh, <laughs> one year MBA. And uh, I I I don't know even when this transition happened. You know, so you just see yourself doing business plans and the pitching and uh, attending competitions and everything. And uh, it was all part of this imperial MBA experience. You know. Uh, so colleagues, the program itself, so classes related to design thinking, so having some of, I would say, the best faculties in the world with us, uh, bringing like the CEO of IDEO, which is the biggest design firm, I would say, uh, and also Continuum. So all these classes, all the, all the classes, uh, these interactions with my colleagues and also the, the, the guys that they brought that are driving this industry, I think helped me like moving towards this entrepreneurship, I'll say, thinking as well. So yeah, that's really interesting because because it yeah that that's a really good point because you came into the MBA with certain um, you know you came in some goals of getting into companies and you know having a greater exposure there, but entrepreneurship was not necessarily on top of your mind but as soon as you came in you saw there's an opportunity and you actually you're actually doing something about it again that's also quite inspiring no thank you no it's uh i say so far the journey has been uh a, a great learning process so from from the beginning like learning the the the, the whole thing about general management and everything but also uh this MBA thing about opening your mind to new opportunities you know not not only closing or focusing in small things but uh, learning more about yourself and uh, having the chance to to try new stuff you know so that's, yeah that's amazing so far yeah and and like i mentioned in the beginning you know you've you've also been a student recruitment ambassador uh for for your cohort um what what does that mean and what kind of insights do you have in terms of you know how mba students are viewed in the industry and 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 what kind of recruitment paths have they followed um yeah what what can you share about that yeah, i get so the idea of being a student recruitment ambassador is uh, as part of the alumni uh, alumni for imperial is to help uh bringing more students to imperial it is just one thing, so prospective mm -hmm. students. So to join the MBA, so attending events where prospective students uh, attend as well. So for example, uh, we had two weeks ago, one year at Blue in Canary Wharf. So prospective students come, they ask you questions, why I decided to join Imperial. I'm there representing, you know, 
uh, I'll say already as 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 alumni from Imperial. And uh, the second thing is also trying to be an ambassador within my company and uh, opening more opportunities for for our for our students for students from Imperial. You know. That's really that that's really good. I mean. To be honest, that's exactly the aim of this podcast as well. So, <laughs> so to ask you the the same question, if if I was a prospective student and I came and asked you why Imperial, what would you say? <laughs> <laughs> nah, two two main things. Uh, the of course, the opportunity to have uh, interaction with a unique environment, in a sense that uh, you have. Uh, the, the whole entrepreneurship in London supporting you there, so it's a chance for you to to test that, and also the 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 access that you have to to alumni and other students. So pretty much, I'll say every every single person that I met in my cohort and are from the previous years and also the new ones that are coming, they are all amazing. So you have you get exposure to. To things that you would never be able to in any other school, or if you you don't want to attend any day. So this is the, the, the thing that I think only Imperial can offer you, mm-hmm. and uh, and it's the best I'd say experience that I have ever had in my life. And uh, I would do that over and over and over again. And I would recommend that strongly to anyone. Nice, nice. That that's good to hear. So on, on the flip side, you you said you're also kind of you know the ambassador for the school in in your company. So, you know, if you had a role, um, you know, at at Amazon, for example, and you had to go and tell your boss, what would you say? Why should we hire someone from Imperial? <laughs> because Imperial does provide to to every single student uh, the analytical analytical background important for sure. And also the think the way of thinking that is similar to Amazon. So the the hands-on working, the the work hard culture that we have, it is something that we experience in our MBA on the whole journey. So when we get to graduate, I think we are more than ready to 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 be able to succeed in a company such as Amazon. And that is the thing that I I would say Imperial has really has really really strong. And this is, uh, I would say, part of our unique value proposition that we have for Amazon. So that's why I think we, we as Imperial, we should have more and more students coming to Amazon. So just for, starting, I would say, in September, we have two more students doing uh, internship with Amazon in, in operations. Just give you an idea. Nice. Nice, nice. So you're already doing a great job <laughs> at, yeah. at at spreading the word about Imperial. Good for me as well, right? I'm I'm an Imperial alum. <laughs> Please come. <laughs> <laughs> excellent, excellent. So, you know, on on the other, just coming from the perspective, um, a student's point of view, how how do you judge or how do you evaluate the people who are applying for Imperial? What, what do you think they need to keep in mind um, when they are considering, um, you know, applying for Imperial? Um, interesting question. So they should, they should consider, I would say, to be much, it's, it's all about being more, it's not only about the GMAT, you know, which is important for, for all of the MBAs, but it's to have sort of a, a well-rounded uh, application. 
So why do you want to join Imperial? So what are you looking for after graduation? Why Imperial can help you get where you want? Because of course, Imperial gets lots of good applicants. So how can you make your application stand out? So what you have to eat that is unique to you to offer to Imperial? So that's what I think that is important. So a good GMAT is, is a given, you know? But um, what you can bring to, 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 to the university is unique to you. And that, that's, I think, something that all applicants they should uh, focus on. So is it your background? Is your experience? Is your what can you bring to, to, the, to, the, to the room that you can share with your colleagues, your future colleagues, your future classmates? Yeah, no, good point. Good point. I, I would probably say exactly the same. Um, you know, you've had such really good things to say. I'm trying to dig out, you know, some some kind of um, uh, other learnings. Okay, if you had the, if you had to pick some regrets <laughs> out of <laughs> out of your time during your MBA, do you have any? Would you want to pick some? Uh, I would go out even more with my classmates. <laughs> uh, I'll say, of course, we, we, we went out a lot together, we traveled together, we had uh, the global experience in China all together, but uh, after graduating, you think, you know, even you, I could do that even more. This is something that I would really like, because after graduation, each one of us, we go, you know, some of us come back to their own countries, some of us stay in the in, in the UK, but uh, during your big journey is the only opportunity that all of you are gonna be together every single day. So I would spend even more time with them, you know, because I miss that so yeah. much. Yeah, I I, yeah. I I guess you're totally right because where my wife, yeah, CC also had an amazing time with with the whole class in China, and in fact, she's she's been trying to convince me to <laughs> uh, to make a trip to China at some point of time. And you know, in terms of spending time, even CC describes it exactly in the same manner that you know, there's such an amazing time going out with the club with the cohort that that's one thing she really really misses. So yeah, it's 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 good that that. That is totally regret. I think one year is quite a short time, right? To, to actually make use of everything that you have to do for your career, but but also, you know, spend time with with the people that you are pretty much spending the whole day. <laughs> exactly, you know. And uh, but but on the other hand, also having uh, a one year MBA such as Imperial gives you gives you say you you come back to the market quicker than any other MBA yeah. here in the UK, other good MBAs here in the UK. So I think that's the, the basically the trade-off you have as well. So I think the one year, as you said, like I would like to spend more time with my friend, but also to be back after one year only, I think it's better than you know, waiting two years and being two years out of the market that would be too much for me. Yeah, true. Very true. Very true. Um Andre, we've pretty much gotten through everything that I wanted to, you know, understand from your journey. Um, the, just the last point which I would like to ask is, what do you wish I asked you? <laughs> I beg your pardon? What, what do you wish, what, what else do you wish I had asked you? Is there any last, you know, real point that I did not ask you, but something that you're really wanting to tell the audience? I'll say long-term objectives. Maybe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, so what are your long-term objectives? <laughs> now, for sure, I'd say grow with Amazon is one of them. 
So take more responsibility within Amazon operations. So see what the futures of drones, you know, the planes, the rare house, the flying mm-hmm. warehouses be part of that. Uh, but at the same time, I would say scale up my own businesses. So I do have the ambition of, you know, my my company Fitcat, especially uh, moving forward. So growing, so hiring people, running my own business, and the why not also eventually using Amazon also as you know selling platform for for my my own products. So I think that would be the the perfect future for me. So working still at Amazon, I'm really happy at the company. I think it's a great company to work for. And also at the same time working on my 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 projects on my own startups, and I try to to make them succeed. That would be my my long term goal. Yeah, I think I think I think you're 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 in such a nice space because Amazon is doing a lot of creative, innovative stuff. And um, you know, you mentioned about drones, um, and you know that that's something which is really becoming apparent is you know the Amazon Echo. Uh, everybody is talking about it in the tech space. Um, you know, of late, uh, I've been recently uh, following up a lot on augmented reality and virtual reality and the space around that. Uh, and iPhone, sorry, Apple released the augmented reality kit just a few days ago uh, on the WWE. See, is it called? So yeah, it's a really interesting space. I think you're you're really in a good position to try and be at the forefront of you know all the technological innovations that are happening. And like you mentioned, it's something that can really help you in FitCat. Not just in FitCat, but I guess it'll give you the exposure in terms of how these technologies are consumed and um, all the insights and intelligence that comes out of it. Yeah, yeah, no, totally true. Totally true. Excellent. Really, really happy. <laughs> um, great, Andre. So, so of course, uh, you know, just last parting piece of, um, you know, knowledge or advice. What, what is one parting piece of advice you would like to give to any prospective candidates who are looking to get into MBA? It's uh, prepare yourself. So think a lot which program uh, can offer you what you, what you want and uh, where you want to get next because sometimes when you are applying for programs you don't think about the name but you don't think that program is the best for you so i would rather like spend more time thinking which program fits best into what I, you know what my gaps are and uh, uh the best program that can help me get get where i want in my case for sure was imperial so that's what i would suggest anyone so think wisely and uh you know with yourself which program would be the best for you rather than only applying for, for, you know, names. Great. No, that, that is really good advice. How can the audience find out more about you and how can they get in touch with you? So more than happy to have anyone connecting with me in LinkedIn. You see my mail contacts also over there. So anyone who wants to, to know a little, bit, a little bit more about my journey, uh, I think we pretty much covered a lot. We pretty much covered everything here, but... <laughs> Whoever wants to know a little bit more or anything together for the Oh, we lost you a little bit there, Andre. Huh? 
we lost we lost the last bit of what you were saying so they can connect with you on LinkedIn is that um, how how do prospective students generally get in touch with you so for example you mentioned um, uh, you're the recruitment uh, ambassador for Imperial is that something you continue to do as an alumni do you have like an email address that people generally email you or do oh, they yeah. have okay so two ways so uh, in the events itself they of course most of them they found me on LinkedIn like and I I don't know how they remember my name but that's okay <laughs> <laughs> all of them but uh, also my own email for Imperial so if anyone wants to to note it down it's Andre A-N-D-R-E dot Kashiwara so K-A-S-H-I-W-A-R-A the number 14 at imperial.ac.uk so anyone and like send me any any mail or ask any questions, anything that I can help with. More than happy to to support you guys during your journey and uh, you know when choosing the best MBA for you. Cool, yeah, and and you know if anybody has any questions for Andre, you can always email me at avinash at mbajam.com and I'm more than happy to put you across to Andre, who can take your questions from there. Yeah, that's perfect. Perfect, Andre. Thanks a lot for your time today. Really appreciate. It. I know it's Friday evening. You you have an, you have a wife and kid to get back to. So <laughs> I really really appreciate the time that you've given to us today. Uh, thanks you, Avinash, for for this opportunity, and uh, more than happy to to have you know be here with you this time. Hope to see you soon, man. Yeah, man. Hope to see you soon. Take care. Bye-bye. Take care. Cheers. Bye-bye. All right, folks. I hope you enjoyed that episode as much as I did. If you did enjoy it, it would be highly appreciated if you can leave a five-star review on iTunes or Android. As you know, I'm running this podcast because this is something I wish I had before my MBA. So any kind of support you can provide will be extremely helpful for me to understand if I'm on the right track. Of course, if you have any suggestions or feedback, please feel free to email me directly at avinash at mbajam.com. Before we go, here's a brief teaser of what's coming up in the next episode when we talk to Richard Sharp, the CTO of Sazam. That transition from Citrix to Google, um, where I changed sort of job function um, and industry and company sort of all, all at the same mm-hmm. time. I, th- I think was motivated. My motivation for wanting to do that came from doing the MBA. Thank you for listening to the MBA Jam. Now it's time for you to take action. Head over to the MBAJam.com to listen to more episodes and discover great resources.